No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. And hurt again we did by the Celtics as usual. Another loss to the Celtics. And, uh, I mean, we're going to get into that in a second. But let me introduce first my guest co-host this week. Uh, I got Doug from the Brigade. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right. I appreciate you having me on uh, another day of the week, another day of the next season. You know, it's his life. Just keep pushing forward. Were you at the game yesterday? Yes. I'm not too upset. I didn't expect to win. Um, I just wish effort was consistent. Um, we had well, so many opportunities, and uh, yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up, though, because I felt like when I got online, like, because look, I'm new to Twitter. I've been on Twitter for a little over a year now, right? I didn't realize that I could actually speak to other Nets fans and Jets fans and all that other stuff. So I, I got on there last night, and I was kind of surprised at how upset some Nets fans were. I took it more as like an optimistic approach. I was like, you know what? If this is the best that the league, not just the East, that the league has to offer. I thought we looked pretty good up until a couple bad turnovers in the fourth quarter, and then things kind of just got out of hand. But for the most part, I think we held our own. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really enthusiastic about the Cam Thomas minutes. Uh, I don't know what's happened to him. Every yeah. rookie we had last season has hit a sophomore slump like no other, and they don't look NBA-ready as they did last season for the most part. Um, I was Do you think a little it's the lack of consistent minutes? I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure that's got to hurt. It's just crazy. You Edward Kessler, who breaks his way into the starting rotation and gets cut cold turkey during the playoffs. And those who, you know, got minutes, you know, lost their minutes because of that growth. Yeah. Also didn't get minutes. So then, then who's supposed to play during that playoff? Right. Very short playoff stint. Um, I mean, the craziest thing of the night was that third quarter. We held the Celtics this 13 points. Yeah. We held the Celtics to maybe a season low. It was a season um, low. For a uh, they also held us two pretty bad stats as well on yeah. uh, offense. That was, that, was, that was just an ugly quarter. There was some old school uh, scoring. The The reason why the Celtics really were able to pull it out was three-point game. They shot the lights out in comparison to us. Not a huge margin at all. Um, I have the stats up where they shot 39.5. We shot 34.6. We had nine maids. They had 15. To me, that was the biggest storyline. Um, I'll joke about my family friend, Mr. Whammy, uh, but he didn't really show <laughs> up the, last night. Uh, he had just two points, and he was averaging around around nine points a game and during this crazy home stance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I had a fun video where I asked him, you know, what's the reason we're winning this game? It's like me. So he, he's a character. <laughs> I've seen that. I've you know, seen that. He means well, but he's got to stand. Cool. He's got to. He's got to step up too. He's yeah, also yeah, not going to sure. coach uh, former Nets on how to fix their shot. But thank you, and can see if it worked for Blake. <laughs> I um, what were you back to what you were saying about the three pointers? I thought what really did us in is Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown came out hot from three. Jalen oh, Brown, especially Brown. Jalen Brown had like twenty points in the first quarter. I think it was like he was just on fire. And at some point, you just can't. No matter what you're doing, it, when they're hot, they're hot. And and that's kind of just how they 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 dominated the first half. Yeah, but I thought for the most part, and Kyrie didn't play that bad to start the game either. He definitely, Kyrie definitely slowed down in comparison. I yeah. don't know. I mean, he did the same thing in the playoffs. I don't know if it's getting his conditioning back after the suspension type thing. That I don't know it. if he's not demanding the proper matchups and taking advantage. I don't know if we're not running a play for him. And sometimes it's really hard to tell. Sometimes it's shot selection because he does take difficult shots, which makes yeah. him a spectacular player to watch. Um, 
sometimes it's just who else is on the court. Can they really take advantage of the situation? I mean, there were times where Katie was on Mike White and he couldn't get into the paint. And that's not because Mike White's a great defender. It's just because the blitzing defense of the Celtics and Katie's passing out of double teams or even what feels like triple teams at times is not his strength. I think he had four turnovers in the fourth. So well, it was- yeah, he had, he had eight overall, I believe. And I knew and because, I mean, once you start watching, because I, I watched Kevin Durant from a distance when he was in Golden State and in OKC. But when he got to the Nets, I started realizing, like, you know what? He, he turns the ball over a little more than I realized when I used to watch him just sporadically. But, like, this season, and maybe it's just because I've thought about it a little more, but he's been turning over the ball a lot. Like, last night, he had those two crucial turnovers in the fourth quarter. The one that basically was the nail in the coffin where Jason Tatum just, just straight stripped him and came Both him and Brown. Basket. And it's, and it's like, man, and he does a lot of cro- cross-court passes. And I'm not sure, like, you're usually taught not to do that, but he does it consistently, and it turns the ball over consistently, which is really weird to me also because I feel like he would know better. And, I mean, I'm not know when to talk, but like I feel like it's just – it's a common issue that I see so often that I'm like, stop doing it. Like, why do you keep doing it if you keep turning the ball over when you do it? I would say passing is his weakest part of his game. And that's not saying he's a bad passer. I mean, there's some games he, he's had double-doubles because of his passing. Um, maybe it's because his height or not having those additional playmakers. Because right now we're short Ben Simmons. We still don't have a backup point guard. I know you want to talk about it later. But like, there are certain pieces yeah. that would truly help his game. I mean, I'm glad Joe was there. Joe, who's kind of getting back into his groove, you know, shows that his size, whether or not he makes it, is still valid. It's still helpful. It's not perfect, but I mean, Joe's not supposed to be that guy. Like he's not yeah. supposed to be our third option. You know, maybe four and five, depending on the rest of the I think roster. The option, out. especially yeah. I mean, it, it truly depends. And right. playing him and Curry together, it, it's tough because we were letting Curry get cooked. Like we did not try to defend him on defense. We couldn't try to get him out of the way. They were hunting him. They were taking him. I you know, I you know I'm glad you said that. Because this is this is something just off topic that I wasn't planning on talking about. But last week I had an episode with, with this guy Solo, and and I he has he hates Joe. He doesn't hate him, but he wants Joe Harris gone. Like a lot of Nets fans, for some reason, whenever a trade gets brought up, they're like, "All right, let's throw it and send Joe Harris out." I have a very weird loyalty to Joe Harris. Maybe it's because he's back. He's the only one that's left from the Atkinson days, the the culture Nets, and I just like Joe Harris. So. To me, I'd rather see Joe Harris on the team than Seth Curry. And I know that's blasphemy for some people because everybody's like, you know, Seth Curry is a better player. Off the dribble, maybe. But to me, I like Joe Harris' size better. I like watching him shoot better. And I think he gets to the rim a little better. And that that's me. Again, maybe I'm biased because I have this loyalty to Joe Harris. But to me, if I had to send somebody away, I know contract-wise, Joe Harris is going to have to be the one to go to make the numbers match up if you trade away for a, like, like a John Collins, for example. But – Contracts aside, I'd rather see Joe Harris stay than Seth Curry, let's say. Yeah, I mean, Joe definitely has the um, – I think he has more value. I would say he's more all-around than Curry. Not that Joe's like a lockdown D kind of guy. He's a bigger body. shoots the three when he shoots it well. Same with Curry. He doesn't have a good mid-range compared to Curry. Curry's definitely a better pure shooter off the free-throw line mid-range. But Joe um, Harris' mid-range used to be better. This year it's fallen off drastically. I never really believed in his mid-range. I believed in him as a finisher around the rim. Some yeah. things that I do feel sus that like great idea, but he somehow still struggles with. 
is those wraparound dump off passes in the paint to a big. For some reason that chemistry just never is consistent. It's amazing when it works, but um, but he's still slow on defense. I don't know if it's because of the ankle, but I still like him more than Curry. But I think it's probably easier to trade Joe because his contract is indeed larger. For sure. And, um, not that it's easy to trade large contracts, but I, I think he is a better fit on a lot more teams. Like, for example, let's say you go with the Hawks, you know, getting another uh, small forward that helps face the floor with uh, Murray and Young. Although I still feel like they would then need a forward. So would they somehow find a way to get uh, uh, Jay Crowder? Maybe that would just honestly help them. I mean, right now they're doing terrible. I think they have five wins, something just pitiful. But I, I think both of them are, you know, are great. But I, I think Joe is very hoop first, money, everything else later. Yeah. I can't say that speaks, you know, about his uh, agent. Because um, I'm sure Joe, like, yeah, the summer sucked, but Joe wants to be here. Like, he's developed so much of his career here. We help make each other. And my thing is, I never hated Joe. People who hate Joe, I don't, I don't get that. I hate that he's struggling, but I don't hate him for struggling. Oh, I, me either. And I'm with you. Like I said, I have a, a blind loyalty, which I've been criticized for, but it, it's there. And I'll admit it. I have no problem admitting it. I know that that even when he's, he's struggling, I, I want to see him on the court. Now, I do understand where that comes from. Because in the playoffs, I mean, that Philly series, back with the culture nets, he struggled in that series. Then the following year, well, the bubble, I can't really remember how he did in the bubble. But that series against the, the bubble, except for the Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then the Bucks series, he went cold also. That open shot that he missed in overtime against the Bucks game three, we could have won that game, but he missed that shot. And then, and things, I felt like since he missed that open shot, things kind of just went downhill from there. And, and he hasn't been the same. He got injured last year. This year he came back and he's been off. So I, I understand why people are upset. And, and a lot of people are ready to ship him away, but not me. I, I think a shooter of that caliber doesn't forget how to shoot. Yes, he's rusty. He was off for almost a year. Give him a chance. He showed over the last couple of games that he can pick it up again. And I think he's just going to continue to improve. At, at one point, he was shooting like 32 33% under the league average. But that's like, do you really think Joe Harris is going to shoot under league average the whole year? No. I certainly hope not. I mean, from what I know, the beginning of the season, KD and Kyrie have been shooting below their average or near their low average of their career, which is, I mean, they do, I hate saying Chuck, but sometimes they do Chuck shots from three when they should be driving to the hole and they're great finishers, but sometimes they don't attack um, right. for whatever reason they pull up, which is a phenomenal part of their games. Right. And I respect it because they are phenomenal offensive weapons, but I... I'm always just pro inside out mentality. The issue is the out doesn't work if your shooters aren't hitting. Like I, someone brought this up and I, I kind of see it. Royce O'Neal's kind of looking fatigued. Um, I, Joe, uh, one thing to bring up, and I still believe this in regard to the Buck series. Joe had such physical assignments during the Celtic series. I'm sure he was just worn out by the time we got to, to the, the Buck series, or maybe the pressure, or maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. Um, but uh, and, I and truly feel it, Joe was one of the missing keys in that Celtic series um, the following season. Yeah, um, that and and um, and that we didn't have that third star that we had built that roster around. Because, oh, I mean, sure. everybody kills last year's season. But last year's season, that roster was built around built three playmakers, three, three mm-hmm. playmakers that could score and create their own bucket. Once you remove James Harden, and let's say Ben Simmons does play, 
that, that roster still wasn't built for that type of team. It was built around three playmakers that can create their own shot and score. Now, I do think Ben Simmons would have helped some, but regardless, like we, we were we were outmanned in that series. Yeah, but, no, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like no. Celtics were outmanned last night. So were we. But Celtics have been doing fine without their outman. We've been Well, miss. I think we could we could agree that that the Celtics they also are, had more are on another con- level. Continuation from their roster last year, regardless of who's at the helm. Thank Great you. rosters you know play regard well regardless of who's at the helm. I mean, look at um the Warriors a few seasons ago. They had Luke Walton. And then yeah, he had two as, chances as a, in the league and uh-huh. blew them both. Right, because because the team they just had continuity already. And and that and that's why I think I felt a little bit of optimism yesterday. Because if this is the best that the league itself, right? Now not just the East, the league, I think that everybody agrees that the Celtics are probably one of the top two, three teams in the league. If this is some the best the league has to offer, I thought we didn't look that bad against them. Obviously, we things got out of hand in the fourth. But considering that we weren't fully healthy and the continuity isn't there, Jacques Vaughn's been there for a couple of weeks. Ben Simmons still hasn't been healthy enough playing alongside Kyrie and KD consistently. I don't know how many games the three of them have played together, but it hasn't been many because Kyrie was suspended for a while. So when you put together the fact that we're going to build continuity throughout the season, hopefully Ben Simmons comes back healthy. Then you get Yuta back. You have TJ Warren, who's back after missing two years of basketball, second game. He's going to start getting the rust off himself also and start looking a little better off the, off the, um, off the bench. I think with some continuity from here to the end of the season, barring any crazy injuries, of course, I think we can stand toe-to-toe with the best in the East. That's me personally. Maybe it's biased take, but that's how I feel. What do you think? I'm too early on it. Um, okay. Like, as you kind of mentioned, the ticker below, like, Clax, we still don't know what he's going to be. He started out strong. He still needs to work on his free throws. I joke that he's too busy off the court working on his fashion than his free throws. <laughs> but I mean, you know, everyone's allowed their extracurricular activities. But you know, yeah, but also got a job does, to do too. He does just kind of weird though. I, I'll give you that. Yeah, whatever. Those sunglasses he'd be wearing. Yeah, I, I, I'm just impressed. From uh, was it two or three nights ago? Yeah, he's been getting texts nonstop for like, you know, showing that extra boost, that extra enthusiasm, which, you know, you love. But when you see it, you do that when you're down, it's kind of silly. <laughs> Unfortunately, you get clown for it. But the funniest one was there's two times at home during the stance. With, um, I forgot what team it was. Was the Magic? Whatever it was. He didn't give the ball away. He was so upset with himself or with the situation, the call. He wouldn't give the ball. I'm, and it happened twice during the game. I am shocked and thankful the refs did not give him back-to-back tees. Technicals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... I love their ferociousness, but sometimes, man, you got to bring it back and make the high basketball IQ plays, whether that's toning it down and realizing the moment. The moment. Sometimes yeah. that can kill the momentum. For sure. I forgot what game that was. He literally killed momentum with some silly tech. Um, but I, his rebounding has gotten better. His yes. finishing around the rim has gotten better. But sometimes I wish he kind of like pulled it down instead of just going for like the, you know, the home run type mentality kind of like with uh, Drummond would always just play the tap game and not really like grab, get the ball and then finish. Right. Well, Nick Claxton, I thought last night was one of the bright spots. Yeah. I mean, I I think he played well He was fighting for those rebounds and he wasn't doing that in the last playoff series. Now, when you got to the hack of plaques at at the end of the game, when they Mm -hmm. went to that strategy, it's like, man, he has to pick that up because we had no other options. No, that you have none. You have Dayron Sharp, but Everybody was in love with De'Ron Sharp over the offseason. 
I, I think it's a cool story. I still I wasn't wasn't like convinced that like this is no. the guy we're going with. Like my 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 philosophy every season so far has been wait until the trade deadline. Then it's the best time to judge. Yes, you're going to go through the highs and lows of a season. That's part of being a fan, fan for sure. fanatic, like for emotional people. Yo, I had a panic attack when Katie requested that trade. I was out for my <laughs> birthday birthday trip. Matt did with my family. Killed the buzz for my entire night, having a great time with dinner and friends. And then I don't blame my you. night. Let me tell you something. He he did that on my daughter's sixth birthday. <laughs> I, I had to I had to put a, still, a, a a strong face. He's he's got to pay for a lot of therapy bills. I got to say that much at minimum. <laughs> A championship yeah. will help, but you know. Man, well, you know what? I'm not going to jump ahead because I, I was going to ask you. But be, okay, so got Claxton. Now, last year in the playoff series, I did think Bruce Brown was playing his ass off. Oh yeah, he he was he he had to be a third best player, like yeah. by choice. We had so, none. So and second half of the year, because we he started no hitting his three point shot. Well, he started hitting the three point shot in the second mm-hmm. half of the year. So when he started hitting that shot consistently, I thought to myself, we got to bring him back. Like he has to be back. I was Not a little surprised him. that we did. Yeah, the way he hustles for rebounds, his defensive uh, intensity, and then he's hitting his three-point shots. We have to bring him back, but we didn't, and we got Royce O'Neal instead, right? Royce O'Neal, I, I, I think, is kind of like his replacement. How are you feeling with the replacement right now? Because I was, I'm not gonna shit on Royce O'Neal because I think he's done an okay job, not great, but okay job, but. Compared to Bruce Brown, I was hoping for a little more. So I would say Bruce Brown's more of a perimeter defender, while Royce is more of a post defender. Not saying like stopping the drive point of attack type thing. I do think Royce is a better shooter. Um, but obviously Bruce has a better uh, floater, you know, runner game. Um, they're very similar guys. And I, I never thought of this until people started bringing it up like we, we probably could have had both. And I think that would have been really helpful for us. Have one you think Bruce didn't want to come back? I don't honestly know. I mean, he had Jeff Green, a former net, and then DeAndre Jordan, another former net, recruit him over there. Right. Um, no offense to the Joker and um Of course. Of course. Murray, but like yeah. I don't know what's truly appealing over there. Uh, but I, I genuinely don't know. Um but I still – I mean, it's too early in the season to say if he was worth a first-round pick or not. I still like Royce. He, he's a great personable person. I'm sure he get he's a glue guy. Obviously, fans are slightly turning on him, but I'm sure he's fatigued. I, I think that's a very fair assessment because you're a guy who plays starter minutes but not star minutes, per se. Right. Um, I still like him, but – I do think we ask him to do more than he does. And sometimes things well, I don't like, which is common, is you're having him be the ball. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it's it's not his game. It's not. Um, he's a versatile player. He can play several positions. Um, but at the same time, we need to f- help him get more comfortable and acclimated in whatever role. Like, he's not doing a terrible job of spot-up shooting, but he's missed a lot of open shots, and I don't think that's because he's a bad player. I just think we ask a lot from him. I mean, it's unfortunate to ceiling people, but it, it may indeed be the reality. I'm no expert on it. I haven't watched him his whole career. I well, just know I, he's a he has a dog mentality, and that's something every team needs. I'm looking up uh, the statistics between Bruce Brown and Royce O'Neal, and 
three point for the season or career for the season. Mm. And for the season, they're shooting just about the same amount, uh, same percentage, forty percent from three. Um, assist rebounds, they're very similar. Also, four point five, four point five for Bruce Brown. Royce O'Neal is. 5.3, 4.7. So it's statistically more or less similar productions. But I just loved Bruce Brown's aggressiveness, the way he used to battle for uh, for offensive rebounds when nobody else would on our team. Like, I don't know. It's just, again, as you can tell, now that you've spoken to me for a few minutes, I, I'm a very loyal guy. Once I once you're my guy. Oh, no, he's, a, I, he's very lovable. I had, yeah. I had, there were times last season where I was like, I mean, I remember the arguments was he the 15-man of the year, and he proved himself. Proved everyone wrong, which is a, a story you love. I mean, even right. Utah Watanabe, when the Nets got him, they're like, who is this guy? I'm like, I knew who he was as like a hustling kind of guy, slasher wing player. Did I know his shooting? Nah. And I see Utamania. I, I went with uh, the Universe. Oh, I like that one. Uh, another one I thought of um, is Welcome to Universal Studios. <laughs> it's, it's really tough with the pun sometimes. Sometimes I overdo it. Sometimes. No, it's uh, never too much. It's never too much. I uh, love Universe because I feel like Utisanity is. Yeah, I, I try to figure it out. Not Uta, Uta, the Uta Hive. I try I to like figure Uta, out how to Utisanity. Universe. universe isn't bad. Yeah. Very similar to Universe. I like it. Universe is good. I, I was trying to figure out how to make Uta, Uta Sanity work, and it just wasn't a water sanity. It, it felt. It, it just, felt. Yeah. It forced. It was forced. Yeah. They tried doing the Jeremy Lin comparison, which is very unfair comparison. Well, and they're, they're different players, two different, different countries. Different, yeah, exactly. Like I, <laughs> and I'm confident that's why some people try doing it. Just like that's not how this works. Yeah, no, it's China, Japan, two different things. Now, I, now that we're on the Yuta uh, uh, topic, no matter what the the pun is, when we got Yuta, a lot of people were hyped, and I remember thinking to myself, all I know about this kid is he got yacked on by <laughs> anthony edwards that was the only thing i really knew about him and i was like i have never heard about this guy otherwise why is everybody so excited and everybody's like well he has good size he's a decent defender he can shoot uh, at a decent rate i said okay i guess i'll wait and see but i'd rather stick with kessler since i know who kessler is and not yuda and man when he's got a chance to play the way he's been knocking down those those um <clears throat> those corner threes uh, at like a alarming rate, it's like over fifty. It was like fifty six or something yeah. ridiculous. Which unfortunately, I saw today, he no longer qualifies on that leaderboard because he hasn't, he hasn't played enough, enough games. Three. Yeah, because <laughs> the amount of threes he's taken in this time, which of course he hasn't played, so right, right, of course. course. Not. Well, <clears throat> he defaulted out, and guess who's at the top? Malcolm Brogdon. That kid. How does he move around so much? I don't get it. Um, maybe maybe it's the net smoothies. Maybe that's the thing again. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you're playing with such great floor spacers that it really helps his game evolve. Because um, I don't believe when he was on the Grizzlies, spacing was really a big part of their team. Raptors, obviously, yeah. Like, that's the wing, the wing team. Like, there's so many wings. Uh, it's crazy how much they've hoarded those players. Um, and I guess it's worked out for us. Yeah. Um, it's going to be very interesting how they're going to figure out lining because of Joe. Uh, TJ well, I was talking Warren. about Mark and Brogdon, but yes, but yeah, but you also. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. No, Brogdon. I'm. That was such a huge pickup for the Celtics. They finally it got was. another handler, defensive-minded player. They got 
in my opinion, they got him for pennies. Like they did. They, like, they, such a great they under, they didn't, they, they could have, they, the value that he was received for is ridiculous. Like regardless of the injury proneness on prior team, like, it was such a solid pickup. Like when, and, and not to talk too much about other than net, outside of Nets, but um, when I think of underrated players in the NBA, Malcolm Brogdon is right up there because he's really good and nobody ever talks about him. I like. I'm trying to was, think of he was stuck in a uh, purgatory per se. I didn't. Um, where was that? He was was he in Indiana before this? Yeah. Which Indiana had so much promise, then they just collapsed out of nowhere. Like after one season of like yeah, they but- stacked all these great pieces. But now they got players. Tyrese Halliburton. Oh my God, I still can't believe that the Kings gave good him for up. them. But I'm I'm glad that Sabonis is working out for them because I was kind of concerned of like, wow, the Pacers really fleeced this, and now look, yeah. light the beam. Yeah, yeah that, the that beam, was one. whatever it is. I, I couldn't it's, believe that to let him go. Yeah, but uh, but Yuta, I, I thought he was great. I I was, it got to the point where this team got so weird with what was going on at the beginning of the year. I was like. Whenever these Basquiat jerseys come in out, come out, I think I might just gotta get a Yuta one, just because even if like he's not only here for this year, I think it's still a cool jersey to have. It's fair to say Watanabe on the back. Like fuck it, I'm just gonna get a Yuta jersey. And I mean, I didn't. I ended up going with the Duran anyway. But that was the plan originally because like this a month ago, like I don't know if you remember. How did you feel a month ago? Because a month ago, this just was not enjoyable. Like it, it just felt like it was very depressing. Yeah. It was like I watch sports to kind of just like get away from the real life and, and enjoy myself. But I felt like when I would watch the Nets or hear about the Nets, it was just frustrating. Like it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, no, it's it's tough because you're you're woven into the fandom on social media. You have to hear what the media says, whether or not they're biased or not, whether or not the fans. Some fans are extremists, some are casual. I, I always think there's a political sphere of fandom. You have like the very conservative fan base, like, you know, what happens, happens. And you have the homers like, yeah, and if you think they do is great. And then you have like people like switch back and forth, like sports and politics, no matter what people say, it's been around for centuries. <laughs> so like, that's all I got to say in that regard. But Nets fans are all over the place, but that's, that's what fandom is about. Like if fans want to appreciate Blake Griffin for the short year and a half, he's with us. Fine. If they don't, fine. If they want like, Brooke to get retired. I prefer him to get retired, but if they don't, whatever. I just think I want him to get retired. He, yeah, I mean, he's the number one. You know, Maybe he's score. the lot of scoring. Yeah, exactly. He he was through the darkest ages. He came to the light. Um, you know, he never truly complained. He did his work, and that's the kind of players. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't want them to shut up and dribble. I want them out first. Now, I want them to be a part of the community. I want them to be outside of just Brooklyn. But I, like, I, he I, came to work. Did his I job. wish he would have shot more threes when he was with us. <laughs> I mean, one of the first ones I ever saw was, uh, I think, the Bulls series. He got the ball, literally almost rolling over to half court, just chucked it and went in. And, and now he does it for fun. Like He's one of the best three-point big Splash men in the Mountain. It's Although like, it's closing man. in Disney, it's remaining open in Milwaukee. It is closing in Disney. That's right. I think it already closed. The new one's supposed to open in 2024. Oh, whatever it may be, but... <laughs> The only the only splash mountain I care about right now is Brooke Lopez. I'm happy they got the ring, even though it was at the expense of us. But Would those are the stories you really like. People expanding their game, whether it's adding shooting, whether it's becoming more defensive. In Brooke's case, that was kind of both. It helps when you're not always the first three options per se. 
I guess in his case, yeah, definitely not the first three. No, definitely not the first three. Fourth, fifth in Milwaukee? I don't know anymore. But yeah, there are certain players like until you get like even Ben Simmons, I don't consider him a top three option on our team. Oh, he can't be. Because the ball runs through him, yes, but he's the one releasing it at the end. No. Constantly. No. <clears throat> but driving Ben Simmons with that driver's license going full throttle, fast and furious, Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's that's that truly unlocks it. That's what makes him and Claxton playable, which is why I was like, I'm giving up on this. But once he brought it back his burst, it seems feasible again. I still want one of them to add some kind of range to the game. And by range for Ben, I mean just a consistent floater. Him and a floater would be beautiful. A consistent one, at least. Uh, there was a game. I don't remember who they were playing. I know they were in the Basquiat jerseys. I think they've only worn them once. So whoever they were playing that game. And I remember he dribbled the ball up the court. And nobody defend like literally, they just decided not to defend him. And then he just dribbled it up to the paint and hit the floater. And I thought to myself, like, it's the disrespect for his offensive game has gone to a new level. And he's gonna have to start proving that he can finish, which I think he did eventually in that West Coast trip. He started to get more aggressive. It just yeah, really it's sucks that he got injured. coming back from the knee injury, man. I, it um, really what's sucks. what's very interesting about him is I always felt that he was a good fit because he's filling the James Harden role. In theory, he does what James Harden did for us, but instead of oh. shooting, it's defense. And James Harden was struggling on the shooting end consistently. I love, love that you brought that up. Because love even, even the way Claxton's playing the season, you drive to the paint, it opens up the whole floor. Mm-hmm. If he just played like Claxton in regards to the way he drives to the paint, finishes to the paint, that really opens up for the rest of the team. If you're just going to be a guy, which Harden did a lot, um, not hating everything Harden did for us, but you stop at the top of the paint, you pick up the ball. Okay, now we're easy to defend. Mm-hmm. We're going to be very predictable. But you drive, and he has a high basketball IQ. He does. Like, I don't. Does. I. I don't know his turnover to assist ratio. I. I never actually looked it up, but I. I feel like it's reasonable. But it's a small sample well, size, so it's it's not being fair in my opinion. Seeing that well, not, a lot of but, our perimeter shooters have not been consistent yet. But he yet. he is the. The hockey assist, he's a hockey assist king type. So that's a very ben underrated stat. Simmons. When we got Ben Simmons, I was happy. One, because Harden wanted to leave, so good riddance. If you want to leave, get the hell out of here. But I was happy because I felt like we were getting in Ben Simmons, and which we haven't gotten up until this West Coast trip. What I wanted James Harden to be once I saw what he could do. Once we, we first got James Harden, I wasn't necessarily happy. Because I thought he was going to be, you know, like, like uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Evan from uh, Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts, there you go. The whole dribble, dribble, fat, fat. Like, I thought that's what he was going to just pound the hell out of the ball and then just take it to the rim once the shot. There were definitely moments that happened, though. But... but it wasn't as consistent as I thought. When I saw that he can actually just dish the ball and just manage the game, I was like, ooh, I like this. But he took a lot of step back threes. And I didn't realize what a bad three-point shooter he really is. I don't care where he, he ranks. He's an all-time three-point shooter. Funniest thing is he's, we built one of the best mid-range teams, and we primarily use the three-pointer. And, and I still believe him, that we're a better mid-range team than three-point uh, three shooting team. Oh, Kyrie and KD are always up there as far as percentage-wise and mid-range at the end of the year. But the issue is I feel like they shoot too many threes at times. It's not that saying they can't hit them. But sometimes I feel like we always go for the haymaker, and yet we're like not even the in the farm. 
to make their, you know, not in the, sorry, not in the farm. That's a bad pun. Not in the ring to make that punch. Yeah. But you know, I feel like that's the NBA now. Hell, that's LA Fitness now. I don't even like to play basketball in LA Fitness anymore because everybody just, it's a three point competition now. So I feel like that's what basketball has become. It's a, the mid range has disappeared. That's why I like watching people like DeMar DeRozan play because they, they live, like, I used to love Rip Hamilton because that's how I kind of like would like to try to play myself. Just drive it in and a little mid range shot. And this is part that's of the reason why we can't beat zone defense. Is, that's it. Yeah. We can't break it down. Which is sad, so, but well, Ben Simmons isn't going to develop a mid-range shot. That's for sure. But like you said, we hope that he can get that floater going consistently because he can get to the lane. And he now that he's point, being more It's aggressive. all about health and free throws for me. Now, what do you think's going? He's going to be reevaluated. It's been three games now. Now I don't know if he's going to be reevaluated before or after the Hornets game. But if they say that he's going to be out for an extended period of time. How worried are you? Because I'm, I'm starting to get a little worried that this might be because you know the Nets are really closed off, which I don't even mind. I know a lot of people hate it. I don't mind that they're not too open with the injuries, but I'm starting to get a little worried about Ben Simmons' knee. I mean, it it depends what they say, how they say it, if they give an updated timeline, a reevaluation. Like, if they're gonna do the every week thing. I don't know. Day to day is very promising, which is what they last said. I mean, right. we have the Charlotte Hornets, which we don't mm-hmm. necessarily need him to win. Right. Everyone, everyone, and I mean everyone, would love for him to come on Friday. Now, there's two reasons. One is the very obvious to everyone. It's the Atlanta Hawks. The second is it's his T-shirt night. Oh, is it? Yes, Friday Night Nets or whatever they call it. He yeah. is the giveaway. His t-shirt is giveaway. He's got that green background, probably semi-intentional to Ben 10. It's hero time. Yeah. So I would advocate, if I had the option to pick two game, of those two games, I can't remember what the game is after. I think we go on the road, and the Nets don't, from what I've seen, have not brought anyone back on the road. Kyrie was brought back at home. TJ was brought back at home. So my guess, I think even Joe, or whatever, whoever it was. My guess is he's back Friday. If if it's this week before we go on the road, because you know what our next home game is, if I'm not excuse me, I'm not mistaken. December twenty first versus the Warriors. Yep. Um December 21st. I I believe the Nets don't like putting players in position of pressure. Although I do see them very focused. I mean, believe me, the games that we're doing on the road are reasonable for him. Yeah, manageable. The, the Pacers, the Wizards, the Raptors, the Pistons. But the Nets have had this whole thing of at home. Like I even said, when Teacher won't come back, I'm guessing he's come back Friday at the latest. It's a pretty good, re- pretty good guess. Yeah, yeah. But the questions yeah. I want to ask, sorry, if I was Mina, is he playing four and four yet? Is he playing three on three? What is he? What is he doing? Not the timeline, but what is he doing to get to that timeline to accelerate gotta- that timeline? You gotta like sometimes with the Trey Young thing, like the bench. Like, yeah, it's personal. I mean, yeah, I, I want my leader to be in the building regardless of what happened, unless it's that effed up beyond a reading, fine. For sure. Like, you always want your leader there. You always. always consume the worst, unfortunately, and that's because you're in such a high position. In any case, the unknown is the most dangerous thing in this world. Um, but, I mean, same with Nets injuries, <laughs> which were <laughs> every year, every season, whether it's uh, Darren Allen, Darren's ankles, Joe's foot, Brooks. 
ankles I, or back. I think Joe's like foot every, has been the season. worst. Oh, I meant Joe, Joe Johnson with the plantar fasciitis. Oh, I was thinking about Joe that man, that man worked mad minutes. You know, Joe's foot, obviously. Jeremy Lin, uh, was it hamstring or knee? D'Lo, hamstring I forget knee. that Jeremy Lin was Margot on the Brown had, Like, every year, there's at least we average at least two or three injuries a season. I, I feel like that's an actual stat. I will yeah. not look it up because the rabbit hole is too depressing and it's dark. Like nets after dark, just downright depressing. <laughs> but um, I I, I want to believe that if he's come back during this home stance, he's come back Friday. If not, maybe he'll come on the road and the nets will do something different. But I what, I, do you, what have you I thought about Ben Simmons? Um, like overall, I thought media wise, he's done a really great job talking to the media. Talking about his experiences in Philly, I think he's been more mature of the three. And by For the sure. three, I mean Ben. Embiid, Doc Rivers. And, yeah, exactly. See, it, it, you know, like. No, it, I know. A common sense person knows. Like, yeah. Um, those are the three, the party of the three. Um, I like his skill set. Uh, I do empathize more when you hear the stories of what his injury was with the back surgery they needed. Like he was having those nerve feelings where he couldn't really feel his leg or whatever. And yeah. that it got to him mentally. Yeah. Like if you feel like your leg, you have that ghost limb type mentality. Yeah. That's going to take a lot out of you to get back to, can I really run? Like when you get pins and needle in your foot and you're standing mm-hmm. up, like you're holding on for your life. Cause you feel like you're going to fall. Your foot's there. You're going to be fine. And you're just waiting for what's going to happen. You need that time to adapt. No, we're always going to be very impatient, no matter what. Sure. We live in the moment, you know, seeing me at a game versus seeing me on Twitter or seeing me in spaces. I'm I'm all over the place at times. Um, <laughs> even when, even that Philly trip I went on, like, yeah, I was upset. I really wanted to beat them. We should have beaten them easily. But did I go home to crying, depressed, in denial? No. That was that was a rough loss. Even even that game one Boston, I, I was fine. I felt we played really well. We should have won it. But I didn't go home to start. And the only thing that bothered me was how harassed we were. Once we left the arena, not in the arena, once Celtic fans are outside where there's no, you know, it's more wild out there per se. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the disrespect is uh, inhuman at times. So this is my I, friends, uh, at least. I've never been to Boston, but I've heard. Well, I mean, I live in Miami. It's a nice city. So I, I just, I'm, I'm not I've a bad one when it comes to sports. Me either. I mean, I'm the same a, with I'm a Philly. Yankee. I'm a Yankee. Nice cities. I'm just not about the sports. I um I live in Miami, so I, I go to games down here. And when I go to Nets games down here, it's not that bad because he fans don't really care about Nets fans. No. But when I go to Jets and Dolphins games, I was I, at from, I was at a Dolphins game down there versus the Browns uh, for my dad's uh, early birthday present. So oh. a nice experience. It was interesting watching them all get excited because uh, the Bills that Bills game where they lost, if I'm not mistaken. That was interesting. Uh, uh, for, it was a couple weeks ago three weeks ago but it just it's just seeing people come together to hate on other teams mm-hmm. it's it's always funny um it is. and not that's malicious hate like that's the thing when you take it malicious then you're doing too much as a sports fan i like, agree i don't engage in other sports fans when i'm at their arena or my arena unless they come to me first like i got the only reason why i got offended during the philly trip was that nick's fan uh, sorry philly fan said bing bong to me i got offended because we're not the knicks <laughs> don't do that to me that's like when I came back from New Jersey, a Jets game. when I came that back is. from a Jets game a few years ago and they said, uh, go back to New Jersey. I'm like, I'm from Brooklyn. I took insult because no offense to my Jersey friends, but you know, Brooklyn Knights, we have, we have a very strong pride. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And that transitions to my Nets fandom as well. Like 
city. It has my borough on it as my home for all 30 years and have that just special thing. So to have players that want to be a part of this and hopefully our recent off season doesn't change that for the better, you know, or for worse type situation. That's really right, promising. Right. I, I, I think it's possible that as long as Ben, he doesn't have to be Philly, Philly Ben, like the extreme, you know, the year where they could have beat the Raptors could have played the Warriors. Maybe who knows that was their best chances. Like he doesn't need to be that to get us to the next level but he needs to be consistent and he needs to be healthy. That was that the year where, cause there was a season. I think it was the season before they beat us in the first round where Ben Simmons single handedly demolished the Miami heat in the first round. I think it might've been the year before he beat the culture nets and Ben, that, that that been, it could have been the same year, honestly. Well, Ben Simmons, no, it couldn't have been. Actually, they, no, never it could have been. It, they never made it to the Easter conference finals. So it, it must've been the year, year after, before. I don't know what it was. But he single had, and when I've seen highlights of that series, Ben Simmons was an absolute monster. He was a monster, and I still think he can become that with us. And that's what I'm hoping that we get. I just I'm, my fear is that he's constantly getting injured. But outside of that fear, I, I think he can be what we need him to be. Yeah, we also need, in addition to his health, we need um, to keep down minutes for uh, KD and TJ Warren. So. But shout well, out to KD for being player of the week. He's deserved it. He deserves as many nominations as possible. I truly believe in the MVP thing, whether or not he wins it. Probably not, but... Um, no, it's going to go to Jason Tatum. I, I like that it galvanate, galvanizes the fan base. You know, it's 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 a beautiful thing. It sucks that you can't always get a let's go Nets or defense chant consistently at Barclays, but you know what always gets them? MVP. So it's nice to have yep. one of those. Um, Do you think he's finally going to start resting in back-to-backs? Because I understood what Jock Vaughn said when he was explaining, like, we're in win-now mode. So I get that. Like, we were in a bad spot. We needed to win as many games as possible to get back to 500 at least. But now that we're here, like, do we finally start giving him some rest? Because I saw he can't keep playing back-to-back. We had five back-to-backs in November. He played all 10 of those games. Like, at some point, you got to give him some rest, no? I would – it's – I feel like – it's tough. I would be a later season guy depending on the standings. But the issue is you don't know where you're going to be later in the year. Like, yeah. do you, you put your money in all now, egg, all in your eggs in basket now? And, you know, take some out later? Like, We only, you don't we only have one back-to-back this month, which is Atlanta Friday and the Pacers on Saturday coming up this week. Outside of that, we don't have any more back-to-backs. Which is why it might be a good idea to bring back Ben Friday and then you take him out the next game. Like, maybe yep. I think – and I, I think people acknowledge as well that maybe Ben was the one that we should have been resting on back-to-backs. I agree. And, and you know what? I, at the time, I hadn't even thought about that. I, was I didn't glad think about it either. Playing. And it's sad that I didn't even yeah. think, like a back. It's a back. I like any, any surgery for that matter. The mm-hmm. only one where I'm like a little more is like facial fracture or hand right. or wrist. Like, but when it's shoulder, when it's around the joints, um, I, I, I think, or obviously back. Those are like things that um, need more TLC. And I don't we mean had, Timothy Luau. Taking it back. Timothy. Uh, we had five back-to-backs in November. We got one this weekend, which is the only one for December. And we don't have another back-to-back until January 19th, January 20th. I guess I go full throttle on this one. So, yeah. so When they're this spaced out, go full throttle. Right, for sure. All right. That's so, because they should be winnable. So we got player of the week, and then we did get TJ Warren back. I thought TJ Warren looked pretty good the first game he oh, came back. Phenomenal. 
Um, I think he did exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And the way he he was pressing up uh, while playing defense, I think that that's a part of his game that people don't really talk about, how physical he is. Uh, I, I think that he's going to bring a lot more from for the second unit than a lot of people thought that maybe we'd be getting out of him. Obviously, because nobody knows what how what his health is going to be exactly. But I think TJ Warren was a key contributor, um, a key acquisition, I'm sorry, this offseason. I think he's going to be a big contributor. And and I think he's going to take us a long way helping that second unit, especially next to Ben Simmons. Yeah, it's, it's good for him. It's good for us. Um, he hadn't played in, what, almost 300 days. I'm definitely rounding up by a good amount. Dece- December 18, Yeah, so was- like that's... So almost you know, almost seven hundred days now, because that's almost two years. Oh, well, I don't know where I'm getting my math from. I'm making yeah, numbers. Yeah. So I'm yeah, tired, so. <laughs> but yeah, he he's he sat out for almost a, almost two weeks away from full two years since okay, the last yeah. game he played. Yeah, I don't know where my math came. I was like two years in my head, but then math. Yeah. Went out. Um, but yeah, he did a great job. You know, bodying up uh, Jason Tatum. He moves kind of well for his size. His mid range is pretty comfortable and confident. Um, I don't think his three has enough arch to it. Um, it looked a little too flat, so that might be something to look at. Um, his rebounding, which isn't that. like he puts a lot of effort into it, he does rather mm-hmm. seamlessly. Um, it's like he watched that Torian Prince video, you know, pick it up, down type thing. Like, yeah, um, like uh, he could be yeah, an easy 10, 10, 10 and four, 10 and five kind of guy, and I'm referring to points and rebounds. Yeah. A little spark. I'm sure he could average more, but I think that's a good floor for no, him. I, I think that that's more or less what we should be expecting from him. Coming off the second unit, 10 to 12 points a game, I think that's a sweet spot for him. And if he can do that consistently, I mean, what more can you ask for from a sixth, seventh and man? Would, and it would be interesting, um, although it's going to be tough with Yuta and who knows what's with Joe, to see, does he close? If we go small ball, Ben at the five, Katie at the four, TJ at the three, Joe at the two, Kyrie at the one type thing. Like, that's a lot of spacing um, on a good night. I'm sure it's a lot of mix and matching because we really don't know what we have yet. Um, but but also the other benefit of TJ is it's potential rest for KD. Another bu- good body. Yeah, He may not space the floor as well as KD, but that's not the point of every player to do the exact same thing. It's nice, but you know. I think role. I think TJ Warren offensively can bring what we were hoping Cam Thomas would bring to us. He also can create his own shot pretty seamlessly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. he wasn't perfect last game, but this is one of the best. Well, I guess actually their defense isn't their best. I think they're top 15. I think Celtics. Well, the Celtics, no, they, 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 they aren't, they, they aren't they number one it? anymore. They're not number one anymore. I think, uh, they, aren't they one in offense, 15 in defense? I'll check right now on defense. I know offense for sure. They're they're lights out number one. They're far and away. Oh no, I know. They're they're emulating the year where we had the first round of Harden, or surpassing it, or you know, hit or miss by a couple points. Um, Thirteenth. They're thirteenth. Okay, so they're a little bit higher than I vaguely yeah. remembered. Yeah, which so, is probably why we put up a decent fight. Yeah. But also, they didn't have Time Lord, so. And the fact that we held them to 102, 103 points That's... when they're averaging 120, I don't tell me that it's not because Robert Robert, Robert Williams wasn't playing because Robert Williams isn't necessarily, uh, isn't necessarily one of their offensive juggernauts. So I, I think that Jock Vaughn has this team playing better defense. I think the team has played well since Jock Vaughn got here. I was worried at first because, you know, whenever there's a coaching change, usually it kind of sparks the team and they're going to go on a small little win streak regardless. They'll win like three out of four, 
just because it's a new voice. So I was like, oh, how's this going to go like after a couple of weeks? But it looks like everybody seems to like playing for him. And yeah. I really and I enjoy listening to him speak. Oh no, he's very he's very good um, with the media. He's very. Yeah. Um, I think he's a lot more transparent. Mm-hmm. He's definitely more vocal on the sidelines. Whether or not I know what I'm saying, no, I can't read lips, especially from the yeah. angle I'm sitting at in the block. Um, but I do think he has a better connection. I I've seen the clips where him and Kai supposedly don't get along with certain timeouts, or Claxing being upset where he's taken out because they want more offense. If it goes wrong on defense, well, Clax is pissed. Um, so. Those are small things I've noticed. I mean, they may come bigger, but it's nice to have, and I guess you can call him an average coach compared to what we had. Um, yeah, Steve Nash. Um, for, I, I was trying I thought, to support Steve Nash, but I, I, he lost. I thought he had an amazing first year bench that I thought would really help, and then we lost most of that bench. So I'm sure that hurt him even more. For sure. Like you always want to give someone the benefit of the doubt, but you saw I saw no growth in year two. I certainly saw no growth this year. Well, I mean, th- think about it. He lost D'Antoni, which is, I mean, for the, for all intents and purposes, he's an offensive genius, right? He's an offensive head coach. He had that that seven-second Suns team. So he had that for the offense, and he had Ime Udoku running, running the defense. So he had a great coaching staff, and he lost both of them at the same time. I mean, Those are just the gonna... two biggest names as of now. Yep. Um I had two quick questions before we close this off. If we trade for a big man, like everybody's saying that we're going to try to do, does Nick Claxton now get shipped off for this big man? Like, does he go to the bench? I really think that Nick Claxton has, has produced so much that it almost sucks to see him lose his spot. It truly depends on who the big is. Um, Like, are we, are we trading for, like a stretch big that pushes Ben more to that five role, but they can like still rebound like a Kevin Love type player, but not obviously Kevin Love because the Cavs are not getting rid of him this time around. Um, like it really depends. Like, are we going for Yakapoto type who hopefully gets you know, he had a pretty bad injury that he's still recovering from? Is it Mobama who can do similar things to Clax, not necessarily on the perimeter side, but he can space a little bit more, but he has that nice length. And well, ability inside the paint. Um, is it I Kelly think, Olenek, who's a stretch big? Oh, um, I don't I love Kelly, Kelly but to have the idea of potential spacing is okay by that standard. It really depends yeah. who we're getting. Um, I don't think Clax would be in the package. I do think Clax would do really well off the bench. Um, but it really depends how consistent and well do Clax and Ben play together. Well, I've like always we do need I've more always, energy off the bench, and Podol I don't see as an energy guy. Podol I see as a great screen setter and defensive minded player, which I think is phenomenal for players like because Claxton is not a screen setter in my opinion. Uh-oh. Neither is Ben Simmons. They're like slip screen kind of guys, like a little flash, and it's done. It's not like a hard like set plays. You're running against a brick wall, and boom. No, like that's why people like Mo and uh, Jakob, for example intrigued me uh, quite a bit. And I've even Miles always, Turner, who I know people are like, oh, his rebounding sucks. And we didn't preach Brooke when he did the same thing. But he's not going to be our – I don't think he'd be our third option. Maybe he'd be our third option. But the, the point is it's a stretch big. He'll probably play well against Ben. He doesn't switch on D the way Clax does. Um, but at least he'd be an anchor in the paint. 
Miles Turner is a name that I just I've been hearing for the last two three years. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's ever going to happen. It's going to be like the Dwight Howard where we heard. Well, about the him. other reason is of the teams I've mentioned, only one of them is playing well right now. The Jazz are kind of slowly moving it back, and that's the Pacers. Yeah, the Magic yeah. are still pretty bad. I think they have five six wins. They're currently playing the Bucks right now. Yeah. Probably losing. I didn't check the score. Um, yeah, they the are Jazz, the Jazz yeah. started. Hot. Yeah, the Jazz started hot, and then they came back to earth. So, yeah. um, so we'll, we'll see who are the buyer and sellers. That's always the biggest tell of where seasons will go. Like, are we going to be a waiver wire team and no one likes gambling, but we kind of had to gamble the season based on the off season we had. Um, well, and then, we don't know what the team would have been if it wasn't for that trade request. That buyout market. Would you bring LaMarcus Aldridge back? I'd bring LaMarcus Aldridge back if I could. I have no clue what he's going to be. I like LaMarcus. I felt he got done like dirty, him. but out of anyone, I felt Blake got done the dirtiest. Dirtiest. Oh, for sure. I was, I was begging. He gave us a spark back. in the Celtic series, but it was too late. Yeah, way too late. It was the end of the third game. So come on. Um, yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge. I used to love him also because I felt like he, nobody was more automatic with that mid range shot than him. I know he played defense, like if he was wearing Tim's, but I really enjoyed watching him shoot that mid range uh, shot. New York Red Heart. Yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, that did remind me when you mentioned earlier about John Collins. That's another guy, but he's not a true center. Mm-mm. But he would move well with us, and he has been shooting the three, I think, well this season. No, this mistaken. season he's he's done worse than he's done his whole career. He's shooting oh, really? like twenty percent. Yeah, it's like I also 22%. heard that they're not running the pick and roll, so that might be why he's struggling a little bit more offensively. That that's why they're willing to give him up this this season. It's just he hasn't fit well with the tray. Yeah, because uh, they're forcing Murray. him to be a stretch big instead of uh-huh. being the rim roller. And he's just yeah, it's because the rim roller is Clint Capella, because Clint Capella can't shoot. So yeah. Clint Capella's playing that five position. So so John Collins caught, got caught in a weird space on that team. Uh, okay, with the return of TJ Warren, I don't want to keep it too much longer. The return of TJ Warren, um, is Yuta now going to suffer with minutes? Because I'm trying to think. Okay, Patty's done. He's not going to get many more minutes. Cam isn't going to get many more minutes. TJ's back. We got Joe Harris getting minutes. We got Seth. Like, Where does Yuta fit in in all this? Because I'm starting well, to get worried that Udomania might get cut short. Yeah, I know. That, that's, I mean, it's a good thing to have, but also a bad thing. Because you yeah, really oh, don't sure. know. Like, it's, one of those, it's one of those good problems to have, like, but I really don't want to have you're, you're five, your starting five can always change. But let's say hypothetically you have Kyrie, Joe, which I don't like Joe at the two on defense because he's too slow. Um, Let's say you go with, I don't know. Royce. Royce. KD and Ben. And Let's ben say we go with that. And, and Clack's coming off the bench. I don't know. I'm just well, making that, this up. Whatever. You know, whatever. This is just five been, players. I've been preaching that since April, and people have been shitting on me. I just don't saying, think Ben can do it long periods of time. Like I've always been not. the party of treat it like Draymond at the five for the Warriors. I know they're exactly. different players, but the concepts are similar. Then you mm-hmm. have on the bench, you have players. I mean, this is just you know, honestly just 10 players that can play. Yeah. Clax. Um, the issue is we still need a backup ball handler. Um, so you got Clax, you got uh, – I didn't say Royce, right? I don't remember. On you said Royce already. So uh, 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 TJ, you have – Seth? Some, um, Seth or Sumner, depending on who's playing better. Um, and then Yuta. But, like, it's tough because none of those guys, let's say I have to think of the last five, are ball handlers. And you only have two ball handlers, two true, more true. 
I mean, Ben is the purest of ball handlers. Kyrie is like, you never know which Kyrie you're going to get. He's usually the shooting guard, but sometimes can elevate to be that um, ball handler phenomena. And Katie, same thing. Like you don't, more likely than not, Katie is not going to be that ball handler, but Kai has that potential more because it's a traditional thing as a guard. Even Claxing has that ball handling potential, but because I believe he grew up playing for like somebody like Anthony Davis, he grew up playing guard and then, you know. Oh, did he? Th- th- I didn't know I that. Think, I, I could be making this up. Like, I don't <laughs> want to be quoted on nonsense, but I think yeah. that's why he's comfortable running the break. Well, he runs it pretty well. Yeah. So I, I do think, I mean, a lot of kids when they're young play guard because not, it's a lot of people are around the similar height of their peers. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. No choice. Um, I predicted a couple well, a week or two ago that by the end of December, the Nets would be at least the fifth seed. A lot of people told me that I was probably off on that because we still don't have defense. We still don't have size. When I look at it, we're only, what? We're one game behind the fourth seed. So I don't think it's beyond reasonable. Like, I don't think it's that far-fetched to think that we can be one of the top four or five seeds by the end of the month. Where do you see us in the next month? That's an excellent question. Hopefully out of uh, depression. <laughs> but I, I I do believe that this schedule coming up leading into the new year is tolerable. It's favorable. Um, but, but, but tolerable, favorable. You know, uh, it's not doom and gloom. Um, let's, let's say we're playing the game and I hate playing this game. I love it. So let's play it. <laughs> you know, game of playing win or lose. Yep. So I would like to say Hornets, Hawks win. Pacers is a toss up. Wizards. That's another win. Leaning win, but it can still be a toss up. Raptors, mm-hmm. same thing. Leans win, toss up. Pistons should be a win, but that's a trap game. Warriors, I want to say we battled. Um, like those are two back to back games, the Warriors Bucks, where I'm not confident. I want to say we can win the Cavs game. But it really no, they're depends. Good, they're good defensively. Jared, Jared's been out a while. Um, I also still can't believe they lost the Knicks the other night. That I didn't watch the game, but those were some old school scores. I I, um, I couldn't believe it either, especially because I know Knicks fans wanted that game so bad because it was against Donovan Mitchell. I was like, oh man, maybe come he on. let them have it. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I maybe know maybe. <laughs> um, then we have the Hawks, another strong, basically winnable game. Um, all we have to do is attack their guards and hopefully actually attack their guards and not just. When Clint Capella's off floor, attack, attack the paint. Like, that's the thing. Like, we don't take advantage of when the shot blockers are out of the paint. Um, then we have the Hornets again. So let's see what what that record is. Let's see. It's how many games first? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games until Left. the end. Yeah, at end of this uh, calendar year. Almost an academic year. Wait, they. Um, so that is one, two. I'm going to count the definite wins. Or really strong, like eighty. You know, it's like when you're yeah. playing probable, questionable, probable, yeah. or whatever it is with injuries. Because yeah, because I feel like the Hornets and the Hawks should be, should be. I would say, going seven of eleven. Oh, there we go. Katie and Kyrie, I think is reasonable. I think it's acceptable. I, I, I w- yeah, I, I think it's acceptable. I mean, it's not also. like the greatest thing, but no. at least it, at least you're go, going 500 in that run. 
when you are one game out of the fourth spot, that should bring you up to the top four tier. So I think that it. Because I don't season, know the other team's schedule. That's the other part. Like I, I if I had access true. to seeing like the ease of difficulty thing, which always varies early in the season, but I, I, as long as we end this season as a top three or four seed, I think we're in, in good shape. And oh, sure. when you look I mean, at the we, East, when you look at the advantage. East, yes, when you look at the East, the Heat have. I don't know what happened to the Heat. I have no they, clue. I'm I'm disappointed in them as a basketball fan. I mean, Jimmy Butler was out for a little while. Um, Bam, they win when he takes like more than I think it's like 15 shots. They usually win. When he doesn't, they lose. Uh, I live in Miami, so I hear a lot about them, but they don't even know what's going on. They're still under 500. And then above us, us, the Raptors, I'm not worried about them. The Pacers, they're a cute team, but I'm not worried about them. Philly, fuck Philly. Then you got Atlanta. I don't believe them. Like outside of Boston, Milwaukee, and I think Cleveland could be for real. Outside of those three teams, I don't. Re- I'm not really worried about anybody else. So I think we could be the fourth or third seed. It really depends. The Philly thing is very interesting. Um, we Philly. don't know how healthy they'll be. PJ Tucker hasn't been what they wanted. They've been very unhealthy now, but that's one of the thing. They're having like the injury bug now. It's the perfect time. Lack of better phrase. Like, it's a good way to. It's, no, it's never perfect, it. but. It is the perfect time for them to get injured. We've been hit with injury bug lately towards the end. In earlier net seasons, it's been the beginning, except for um, Joe Johnson against the Bulls, where it plantar fasciitis, but so did Joe Noah. And obviously the following season, Brooke Lopez missing almost the entire season. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or or Joe Harris last season. Um, but the, the point is, most of the time, we are not where we need to be by the end, health-wise. Right. Um, so I'm trying to think if they're at a t- like the Raptors are always such an interesting team. Like I do think they're a piece away from being a true threat. I think they'd be a phenomenal playoff series. Like I, I don't think it'd be a sweep by us. I think you go to six. No, and, don't uh, you see we were, we were rocking them by like 35 points and they still made it a game. That's, that's a good squad. That 36 thing. Ugh, drove me nuts. Um, <laughs> That that was the the thing that angered me the most. Like everyone's like, "Oh, it's a win." Not everyone's gonna be upset. No, no, I'm so upset. Even in wins, you got to be upset. You can't you can't settle. Well, that, like you said, that's you part can never of being settle. A fan. It's all, yeah, but you can never settle because those habits, those are the habits you want to get rid of now. Right. That's like. But I'm okay. But I'm okay. Not okay with it. But I'm better off. I mean, a win's a win. I can at the end deal of the day. with it. No, and I can deal with it when it's the beginning of the year. Like I said, I still feel like they're trying to figure each other out, like the continuity. Now, if this is happening, game seventy-two, <laughs> then I'm like, oh shit, this this is worse. Yeah, that, like, that to me is the Steve Nash syndrome of tr- what vibed as everything feels or felt like the preseason. All the oh, ways he was always phrasing, experimenting, experimenting even the, just the way he spoke. <laughs> it's a new team. Yeah. We're still getting to know each other, which is it's not that he's wrong, but to hear it so late in the season yeah. is concerning. Or the the fact that he said, if I knew I'd be a good coach, that is such a self-owned quote. And well, to his to his to his defense, last year Kyrie showed up consistently. Oh, yeah, no, he was handed like the April. worst card ever. I so agree. like it, he was like, let me figure this shit out. I know the play I was about to start, but I just got my second leading score. So I mean no, I, I, I do. Hand. I do agree. There is some empathy there because he was dealt a terrible hand. Yeah, 
it's like you're 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 playing blackjack um and you all got low cards like the likelihood of you getting or you need or playing high and low and you get that low card and like starting off yep the the, so, the statistics are not for you so do you think this team as presently constructed i mean we i think you and i both agree we think that there might be moves made has to be right okay so we, we're, we're both on the same but hypothetically let's say no moves are met no i'm sorry no moves are made is this roster contending for the eastern title hell no okay i'm not i'm not with it um even even before, even 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 in going into the season, I wasn't convinced because there's some holes that needed to be filled from the off season. Um, I like I felt this roster had potential by the trade deadline to be one of a top three Brooklyn era Nets team. Okay, but that's like, oh damn, someone got hurt in the match game. Um, yeah, but it had potential. Like I I do truly believe that. The James Harden one, the first one was probably the best Brooklyn era team of all time. Um, then it's an argument between even Blake was playing well. Yeah. Then it's an argument between year one or year two because year one in Brooklyn's actually very underrated. Oh, because um, the way that we went out against the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if that doesn't happen, team. I don't think we, I think we were going to beat. I thought we were going to beat the the Heat. Even in the second year, like I, Let me I tell you something. I also felt we we needed Brook Lopez for that series. Swept them in the in the regular season, and I live in Miami. Oh, you're talking year and two, if, yeah. And if anybody in Miami knew a Nets fan, it was probably me because I was the loudest one out there. And I went to Game One thinking, like, we could squeak out a win here. We swept them in the regular season. When we got mollywopped game one, it is by far the worst sporting event experience that I've experienced like in person. I was right behind the Nets bench. Like I had good seats and that was so depressing. So yeah. I, I hated I, that it's big It's sad that we needed so Brooke Lopez to get hurt that year to lock yeah. our potential. But at the same time, we needed him in the playoffs. Um, but bring it back yeah. to now, um, until we solidify the backup big, whether it's I don't know what big we truly need because uh, we haven't had enough sample size of Clax and Ben and the rest of this roster panning out. The potential's there. Like you have a good mix of shooting and defending. The habits are, eh. the rotations still fun. Like we have a lot of pieces that have depleted their trade value, and it, I hate tr- think of people like assets. That's yeah. how it is in basketball. For sure. Like we have a lot of this young talent that we we need to flip. We can't just hold the farm. Like if you're in win now mode, you can't hold the farm. Unless that farm, you know, you become the owner of the farm and you're the ones like making right, it right. bank. Like you need to sell that grain. You need to get the animals ready to go. Like you need to have the eggs, make that, make that omelet. Like, it's it's time for <laughs> breakfast type thing. Like, yeah. I don't know why I'm on this farm thing right now. Maybe we're hungry. <laughs> um, but it's the second time you bring up the farm. So yeah, you something going on there. I, I'm I'm just thinking of the Mets where that recently the Mets have had great farm talent and System, never yeah. and haven't traded them or did trade them but it worked out in the end like with diaz the, that trade everyone hated at first and now look at it diaz amazing you know what we're, we're towards the end of this episode but i am curious i know this we don't talk baseball on here but i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you about the degrom cho- yeah if you could have chosen the or verlander who are you going with 
I'm such a casual baseball fan. I'm I'm honestly the okay. worst person to ask. Okay, okay, okay. Um, it's very interesting to have a very old but veteran pitcher, but then Degrom yeah. is phenomenal, but always injury prone as well. So it's like, right? I truly don't know. But you you can never make these assessments until you see the rest of the roster. And it's all, also baseball's a longer season. But swinging sure. swinging back to the Nets, yeah, get that back up big, whatever type it is. Hopefully, it's a great fit. Hopefully, knows that we use them well. And get a backup ball hander. For the longest time, we've needed a true backup ball hander. That's not Patty Mills. That's not Seth Curry. Um, well, I think I think the at least what I would assume or hope that is the the plan is to always have either Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving on the court. I think that's very fair. I felt the and, same way with James Harden. Right. Who needed uh, either. I think KD played that. James Point played forward. great with Kyrie, and James played great with KD, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't remember. It's too long ago at this point. It's a wash in my mind. Well, that, that was the funnest season I've experienced since I've been a Nets fan. So. Sure. But I, I, um, I do feel we, we have to reassess at the deadline because even going into the season, I felt this roster had great potential, but we need to see what we become at the market, trade deadline, at the buyout, waiver market, whatever you want to call it. Like that, that unfortunately is the team we have to be assessed on. But for right now, we need some continuity. We need some great habits. We need players that to get to where they should be. They've reached their floor and climb some ladders a little bit more. Um, but unfortunately for our young our young fellows, it's sad. But their value right now is really low, and it, it's it's disheartening because it was one of the young guys. And and last year when KD was was winning it with those youngins, it, it looked like this this was a promising group. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna leave with this. I always ask my guests two questions at the very end: favorite net player of all time, favorite net memory of all time. So I'm a Brooklyn era Nets fan. My dad's ABA. Um, his is. Uh, oh my God! I'm blanking his name right now. Doesn't matter. It's not about him. But it kind of is later on. Um, I'm leaning between Joe Johnson. My recently bias is Kevin Durant. I did okay. switch the times between like Darren and Joe, but Joe just stuck with me longer. Just his composure, his swagger. It's just always fun. Um, you know, I do have fan favorites, but I, I for some reason I'm just, I have a huge Joe bias. Me too. I, I had a, a Joe small... Jesus jersey when KG started calling him Joe Jesus. I went and I got it custom made, and I. Joe Jesus across the back. It is it is one of my favorite nicknames of all time. Me too. Uh, it's <laughs> such a great guy. I got to meet him. Uh, I got upgraded tickets once. And that's oh, nice. my favorite memory, but it's first of many with my dad um, where we got upgraded floor seats thanks to uh, Bud Light. We played nice. the Rockets, beat the Dwight Howard, James Harden Rockets. We got to meet Joe just for the game with the signed autographed jersey that I have um, hung oh, up in dope. my apartment. Nice. Um, yeah, but like... This, I got to just say, games with my dad, like usually a great time. Um, favorite, although favorite it's amazing memory. to spend like almost every pregame with the whammies on the floor. Yeah. Um, as cool as it is and dragging with players and, oh my God, meeting Jerry Seinfeld the other night. But I would say the times with my dad. and yeah, how, how did you randomly run up on, on Jerry Seinfeld? I was sitting on the floor, you know, it's next to the whammies on my phone or whatever. And I see him coming. Like, I get a little starstruck. I struggled to articulate the appropriate words to ask for a photo. I obviously did. And the photo came out phenomenal. Shout out to my yeah, media friend, Michael Scotto. 
um yeah that was a great photo um uh i would have loved to converse with him more but he's with his son so you know i i try yeah, to yeah, you don't cool. but thankfully yeah. it's a a teen son not like the time i walk past jay-z and i just happen to notice after i walk by him and he's with blue ivy i'm like you can't it's with the kid yeah. you got his first right, Same with roger federer last night um was also a cool signing but that's more for my grandma but jerry seinfeld like I, Every time I turn on my TV at Comedy Central, it's either The Office or Seinfeld's on. And I can't help but watch it, even if I've seen the episode. Of course, man. So, I, I love Seinfeld. Even when you watch that first season, it looks old as shit, but it still hits. I don't know. No, exactly. So hopefully, like the Nets, it will still hit for the rest of the hopefully. season. I'm, look, I, I know people think I'm crazy, but I, I'm still hoping that this ends in some type of, of trophy being raised. I, I'm keeping hopes alive. I got to get back in that mindset. I appreciate it, though. It, it helps um, going into the rest of the week. Look, um, I, I, I tell everybody I talk to, I picture every season like one of those championship DVDs that they used to sell where, like, it's very dramatic. So I imagine the voiceover over this first month and a half or so is going to be very dramatic voiceovers. And all of a sudden, we, we hit the ground running. Well, that's and, what I truly loved about starting this episode is hearing Ian quite a bit. There were yeah. times where I'd go to the gym and I would just watch Nets highlights just to pump me up, not even music at times. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Bird's a great guy. He's one of my favorites. And I guess that's another thing. Being on TV with my dad and getting shout outs from Sarah Ian and the uh, Nets on Yes crew. So, like I said, it's all with my dad. Um, that's awesome. And I'll be with him at the, our next game uh, on uh, Wednesday. So, forward to that. Well, hopefully, hopefully it's another dub. Yes, sir. Got to celebrate his birthday in style. Nice. Well, thank you, Doug, for taking the time to join me today. And um, let's hope that we get another dub this week. All right. I think so. Or, uh, that we get those. How many wins was it until the end of the month? You said it was like six or seven? Oh, I mean, at least at le- a minimum, I would like seven wins. I, I think that's right. very reasonable. So seven and four. Seven and four. You heard it here first. Doug says seven and four. You can put in <laughs> a little uh, preview take. I'm going to do it. All right. Well, thank you for joining me, and I will catch you guys next week on next episode of the Battered Nets fans. Thanks for listening.